Oh, Radio 191 FM podcast? Nice one. But we have electronic music royalty here with me this morning. I am chatting to Pixie Lane on her new track. It is called Disco Peace and it slaps. How are you doing this morning? Oh, good morning, Queen. <laughs> what an introduction that was. Oh my goodness. My head's going to get so big. <laughs> <laughs> As it should. I'm- I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. I am good, thanks. And now, even better, now that I get to chat to you, all of my um, loyal Stomping Grounds listeners, which is my electronic music show here on Radio 1, know that I love Pixie Lane and I love your productions (laughs) that have been coming out, especially in the last few years. They have been so, so good. This brand new single is called Disco Peace and Oh my gosh, the first time I heard it, it was, you know, listening to the uh, um, title of the track. I was like, what is this going to sound like? And it just did not sound at all like I expected, (laughs) but I was very pleasantly surprised. Please tell us a little bit about the creation of this track. Yes, absolutely. The the name is a little bit deceiving, and we did go back and forth. Me and and Kazi Flip, um, we made this track in lockdown, and obviously... Um, the reason why it's called Disco Piece is because at that time we couldn't go to the disco. Mm. And so we, and I mean, well, you couldn't go to the clubs. And in the song, obviously, as you hear it, it says disco, disco, disco. And we had originally had lyrics in the song saying, you have a right to disco. Because I don't know if you remember, but there was a time where the clubs were closed, but you could only have like a hundred people or something. Mm. <laughs> Um, and so with Disco Piece, it is made because we wanted everybody to, we wanted to relive the dance floor. And so, yes, you might listen to it and you think, or we might see the name of the track named Disco Piece, but it's actually <laughs> made to go to a festival or to a club and to put your hands up in the air and do some fist pumps. And it's actually the first song that started the full production journey for me and Isaac. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, so the fact that we, it is the fourth track that we've released, but it is the catalyst to all of the songs that we have released. So um, we were in lockdown, we were bored, we couldn't DJ, and (laughs) we are best friends, and we decided to start producing together. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually in the lyrics. I'm I'm the one that's saying, baby, say peace to the rhythm and throw back throughout that song. (laughs) It's been been such a beautiful journey. the song itself, though, it has it's had probably about ten different versions. <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you definitely start off with production when you it can take so long to get a song out, and I think there's certain things that inspire you, and then when you get to that, when you go relook at it, the things that used your environment that used to inspire you to make that track has changed. So I think we change our production got better. So. Um, so yeah, we've we've now got this fun disco piece song that hopefully I play all around in summertime. Well, I will we'll play it at every festival and every every club show. And we can put our hands up in the air and say, "Stay about peace." So <laughs> so sick. And one yeah. of the very first things that I noticed when listening to this track was the contrast between the vibe of the vocals and the vibe of the actual instrumental. Like, the vocals have yes. a very, 
disco-y feel, almost the type of vocals you'd expect to hear over a deep house track or maybe like a new jazz track, whereas it's underneath this huge club sound. Was that contrast intentional or did it happen just quite naturally? It it was intentional, but at the same time, as as I said, it's had different versions. So it's evolved as our sound has evolved. And I mean, even when I mix, I like to mix club bangers with funky disco. And I think we've just merged this into a into a bit of a a, a bit of everything. And I think we took a risk as well. It's not a classic, you know, club song. I think that some people can easily produce. You know, a, a typical tech house song. You can you can produce something that's actually. I don't. You, you could follow rules, but we, we broke rules with this, and we wanted to obviously deliver something that people haven't heard before. So, like you said, you do have undertones of your disco, and then you also do have your big, you know, your big drops, your big synths to really kind of take you on an emotional journey. Yes, I love <laughs> it. I love it so much, and I think that we're seeing a huge shift in electronic music especially at the moment with not only a shift in the sort of quote-unquote dominating genres in electronic music but also the merging of different genres not only in DJing but in production are you carrying a lot of those inspirations through your current production journey? Absolutely for sure like I think anything can inspire you in terms of what you're listening to, who who you're watching in a boiler room, or what's what's um, you know what's going on in your life can can really like affect you know what you're creating. But I generally think because me and Kazi flip, we when we get into a studio, we'll bounce ideas off off each other, and our inspiration will be I'll have different inspiration points, and he'll have different inspiration points. And when it comes to making any track, we'll bring that together and infuse it. Uh, we also have some really random rules where when we're making a song, if I don't like what he's come up with, then it gets scrapped. If, if um, he doesn't like what oh. I've come up with, it gets scrapped. Oh. And we both have to agree. We have to agree <laughs> with whatever we put in the song. We also even have like a rule where... Um, like when you have like a collaboration, well, it's not a rule, but when you collaborate with someone, um, quite often one half could do a project and then somebody else could do part of the project. But we have physically sat in a room with every song that we have made and we have completed it together opposed to doing it half and half so that our ideas are genuinely both of our ideas and it's not us like editing somebody else's thoughts um so yeah do you find that that style of collaboration works best i don't think it does for everybody but when you've got a best mate um we're like brother and sister we like fight in the studio when we get over (laughs) it and then we have these moments yeah exactly it's like i don't want that synth work i don't want the i don't want that baseline to be as like hard as it is i'm not sure about it but it's kind of like you have a debrief and that's kind of how you create art really. Um, but I think there's only, I, I, I think I'm very lucky to have like a, a friendship with Kazi Flip as like a brother or sister because he pushes me to grow and then also I push him to grow and it's a safe space. So, and not, not everyone is always in a safe space when you collaborate with different people. And so, yeah, 
it's been a wonderful journey so far. (laughs) (laughs) So wholesome. And I love that you touched on there that not everybody feels safe, not necessarily in like a life-threatening safety way, but in like a freedom to share like creative ideas freely safe because to be honest half of being a creative actually correction I'd say majority of being a creative is like having really really bad ideas and then there's just that one diamond in the rough you know what is your advice for newer creatives newer electronic producers that are wanting to get into it but are worried about having to you know sift sift through that mud to find that little gem yeah um well I'd say my best advice is it's okay to feel vulnerable and just try and be brave. That's the biggest thing because, you know, you may see me talking to you right now or releasing a tune or uh, being on the radio or playing and I am constantly in that state of, um, you know, what if people are going to reject me or what? what's, you know, you, it is scary but you do just have to be brave. And when you face that and, you know, you do come up with an idea that you believe in, don't worry about what other people think. If you love it and if you feel that it creates a fire in your belly, then stand with it because there will always be somebody that will understand your artwork, really. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wise words. I feel like I just transcended. Yes. Go, Queen. You can do it. <laughs> Now, for anybody who isn't very familiar with the brilliance, which is Pixie Lane, and if you're not, what the heck have you been doing? Not only is she an incredible (laughs) electronic music producer, but she is also an incredible DJ, and you have a very exciting summer ahead. Please tell us what you are up to. Oh, my goodness. Um, There's there's even still a few shows that are not announced, but... um, I'm going to be all around New Zealand this summer. I'm going to be doing a, if you're, I'm sorry, I know you're in Dunedin, um, <laughs> but <laughs> if you are in Auckland, I'm doing a, a headlining festival called Wine and Vibes in Waikiki Island, which I think like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm headlining a festival, which is probably a first for me. And especially being a electronic female DJ, um, you know, to me, that's big. Like that's lean. That's leading by example because I want other DJs to be able to see, or female DJs and and males. But you know, I'm just uh, sometimes I have imposter syndrome. Like I'm just the person <laughs> that really loves music, and here I am. Um, so I'll be. So that starts on the second of December, and then it's uh, all uphill. I'll be uh, I'll be playing at R and B this year, and it's the first time I've actually said this to anyone. But I'm bringing in the countdown at Stellar <gasps> Stage this year. Oh, congrats! That's so sick. Which is crazy. I haven't announced that on my socials, so it's an exclusive for you. But uh, I know, I know for a fact that you know it's it's quite a notorious thing for R and V to like screw up the the countdown. I'm not worried that I'll <laughs> that I'll be a part of that. But at least it's a tradition, and if it happens, it happens. But um, so. That's super, super exciting. Um, three days deep, and I'm also going to be down in the soon. And honestly, I'll be coming and seeing you guys down in Dunham. I do think that there are some talks as well um, <laughs> for that, but I can't, I can't say. Um, but, right. you know, for, 
follow my socials. I'm always announcing shows and yeah, I'd love to do some more stuff online as well, like live streams and things. So, so keep, keep, uh, keep following and I'll bring some art to you. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes and ears peeled. Hey, I'm so stoked to hear about the R&V countdown because one of my very first years at R&V, I was just mission around yeah. the stages. It was um, 2020, which was my second year that I went. And I just, like, came across this little beezy, like, laying down the fattest, like, bass house, tech house tunes. And I was like, whoa, this slaps. And now come full circle, <laughs> it was Miss Pixie Lane. Crazy. Yay! Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you were there. You know what? That was. Oh, my gosh. So let's, let's share some stories. So mm. that was the most surreal moment of my life. Now, a couple of things that people probably don't realize is, is that I – I had only been DJing for 12 months from that moment that you saw me. So I was, I went from picking up DJing and finding, you know, finding that that was my space of being able to create. And I DJed for three months. And then it was January 2020, the 18th. And I played my first ever set at Cassette Mine to like 20 people. My hands were shaking. It was absolutely mental. Sweating. And it was just sweating. <laughs> and oh, oh my goodness. But I, I, I wanted to DJ the Cassette Mine set because I was like, oh, well, it'll only get better if I play in front of people. And oh, I have to kind of just face this fear and do it. And then by the end, obviously, we're at, at R&B 2020, 12 months later, here I am, this surreal moment, yeah. DJing at Seller Stage, being like, well, I'm actually a DJ here. <laughs> um, and even before that set, before that set, my partner um, had brought my DJ decks with me. So I was camping. I brought my DJ decks with me. So they're in the back of the car and he had a plug in his ute. So I was actually in the car park at R&B with my decks on my lap practicing no. before I went and jumped on stage just to kind of help with my nerves. But, um, yeah, that was that was the moment I walked off stage and I thought, okay, this is actually, I'm two feet in now. This is, this is going to be me forever. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad you were there. Oh my gosh, that's so special and so wholesome. And now, like, I am tenfold grateful that I just decided to mish around and found you jamming at the stage. What a treat. It's so (laughs) fun. I have so many people that were like, I didn't know who you were and I just, I I stumbled upon you and I couldn't leave. And yeah, so So awesome. So glad you were there, Candice. Hey, it speaks volumes (laughs) to how incredible of a DJ and now producer you are. You are. An absolute queen. So, so stoked to have had a yarn with you on breakfast this morning. Thank you for your time. Love you. Cannot wait for the next releases. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. (laughs) The queen of all queens, Pixie Lane, on her brand new track with Kazi Flip. This one is called Disco Peace, and it slaps. It slaps. You know I love chucking you a wee dance first thing in the morning because it's good for you. So put on your dancing shoes, have a wee boogie, and keep it locked here on The One. I'm chatting to Prince at 9.30. Don't want to miss that either. Stick around.
Thanks for choosing a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are more just like this at r1.co.nz.